It's the first exhibition for the Lost Ones Contemporary Art Gallery for 2018 and it's a show that's been deliberately designed to generate debate and discussion. This group show, Art and Body Politic, has been curated to include the works of Liam Benson, Kirsten Fredericks, Lucas Grogan and Paul Yore and it's deliberately effervescently energetic. We're exploring the fact that art can say a myriad things that most people feel they can't. Liam Benson's interrogating look welcomes you as, he enter, as you enter the gallery and Liam is well known for his work that deals with the power of the gaze. The whole idea is that Liam is asking you a question of yourself and are you prepared to answer? Kirsten Fredericks provides a fresh and humorous look at our private selves and her knitted cocks and fannies and badges and pricks and cunts and asses are designed to provoke a smile. And these are works that glance at our most closed off parts of our bodies. Lucas Grogan is an internationally exhibited artist and he's based in Maitland and Newcastle. He's well recognised for his signature blue tones and repetitive mark making. We have Lucas's now completed wedding quilt as centre stage of the exhibition. And Melbourne artist Paul Yore is a self-confessed introvert but his works say his thoughts are anything but. We wanted this show to examine gender fluidity. We wanted to question social norms that restrict individuals into set categories. And this exhibition was really designed to discuss gender as a complex spectrum rather than something that's fixed. We wanted everyone to look at it as being an embracing of everything. Everyone is equal rather than treating those with a different gender identification as somehow subhuman. So we decided to focus this exhibition in direct response to the way that our leaders have opted to exploit fear and misunderstanding in order to maintain the status quo of power. This podcast, in this podcast, you're going to meet two artists, Kirsten Fredericks, who travelled from Sydney to meet with us, and Deb Lord. Deb is a Ballarat-based drag artist and her outrageous alter ego, Lance De Boyle, is the host of Lance TV and that's an arts and variety show which airs every Saturday night on Facebook Live. So under the guise of a 65-year-old gay man called Lance, Deb has performed at venues and events pretty much all over the country, but Butterfly Club, Midsummer Festival, Chill Out Festival, Geelong Pride and loads of other places in between. This particular podcast was an intimate setting for a suitable discussion on the internet. So welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Tara Poole and this is The Lost Ones. Art and Body Politic. It's a group show kicking off the Lost Ones Contemporary Art Gallery's exhibitions for 2018 and it's a culmination of resistance, reaction and humour. We're very fortunate in our podcast today to be joined by Kirsten Fredericks, who's one of our contributing artists, as well as local legend Deb Lord, aka Lance Boyle, to discuss the topic today of where the crossover is between the personal meeting the political. The exhibition of the um, Art and Body Politic is essentially looking at um, the fact that art can actually say myriad things that most people feel that they can't say. And that's the reason why we wanted to invite both Kirsten and Deb to this podcast discussion today. So we wanted to actually have a bit of a chat about how your work crosses over from being personal into political, with a capital P in some instances, mm -hmm. or a lowercase <laughs> p in others. And particularly, Deb, your work with Lance, how you use your, your personal, your body, your actual you know, manifestation of who you are, and you turn it into Lance and through Lance's mouth, you can say a whole bunch of things. 
So let's kick off the questions for today. <laughs> We're going to kick off the questions today with you, Kirsten, okay. um, about your work. We actually have it here in the gallery at the moment, and as I was explaining to you earlier, it is actually the thing that people see first when they walk in through the doors. The responses that we're getting is firstly a sound that goes, and then a whole bunch of laughter. Um, do you think that that's something you intended through your work, the laughter? Uh, yes, it is. That's what, that's what I want. When I make these pieces myself, um, my flatmates will often hear me burst out laughing. I'll be in the middle of making something. Be halfway through, I know how it's going to end, and I will actually just start pissing myself laughing, thinking that is crazy. So do you go into your pieces? Like, for instance, I'm looking at fuzzy dick tits, which yes. is yep. um, possibly around about, what, 60 centimetres tall? Uh, it's yeah, clearly least. a male genitalia, yeah. yep. and it has... It's got, a, it's got a vagina on it. It's got a vagina on it. It's got a vagina it. hidden away, and it's got the boobs on it. Or are they just teats from a sow, from a pig as well? That's you go the sort into, of thing. into this project from the very beginning saying, this is what I'm going to make? I originally started with the wool, uh, with the angora. I was like, look at this pink angora. It's beautiful. I need to make a big penis with that. That's going to be nice and big. And I thought, I want this penis not to just be a regular penis that I make. I want it to have a woman's vagina on it with long blonde pubes. And that's where I started right. with the whole thing. After, and after it was made, I had it hanging for a while, um, and I was like, oh, it needs more, it just needs more, it just needed, it, I felt like it wasn't finished. Um, I, I do like putting tits on dicks, um, I'm quite fond of, I'm quite fond of that. Um, this, is, and this is just a creative response, is there any sort of... Uh, no, I've got, so I've got some transgender friends that uh -huh. I've sort of, not acquired, but... Um, I guess over the last five years, I've watched a couple of friends go from male to female and female to male. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, oh, I want to celebrate that. Yeah. So in my way, I guess it's a way of, of celebrating so that. It's a commentary on transgender, who feel that some, most of your yeah. are. Yeah, or a gender bender sort of thing. Like yeah. I've, I've, all the ones that I've always... Uh, I've probably made about four, four or five now with the boobs on the on the dicks, and to me they're always just gender benders. Like there's no, there's where's the blurry line? There's a, the fuzzy angora line with that. <laughs> now you started your work knitting scarves with yes. penises on them. So what triggered? Well, this knitting a penis. So I started. I started. Um, okay, explain the difference between a scarf with a penis and a penis scarf. Well, I started as a professional knitter actually making clothes right. uh, and one-off pieces. Uh -huh. um, and I, every year I had two scarf collections that I'd put out and they did quite well. And I was just overseas and I, I met someone in a pub and he said, what do you do? And I said, like, I knit scarves. And he said, oh, can you make me a black man's cock to wear around my neck? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was like, oh, that sounds great. And I said, well, yeah, I, I could do that, thinking I could knit it. Yeah, so I came back to Australia and I thought I could knit it and then I realised I couldn't so I went and learnt how to crochet with the help of this um, lovely old lady who told me, she spent months teaching me how to crochet. But then I told her about the project that I wanted to do and she said, we can do this, you need to make a giant penis. <laughs> and that, that's literally how it started. And so it was literally just a penis that wrapped around his neck for like three or four times and it had balls on the end, had the nice tip. And, uh, and, and, and then that's, that's literally how it started. Wow. And so from there, you've obviously gone on to integrate um, plastic plants in your work. 
Yep. Particularly the use of shells and natural items as yes. well, but also yep. not so natural. Obviously, you seem to have this crossover between... Um, there's a bit of Georgia O'Keeffe celebration in yep. there as well. there but, is. Um, yep. But you've also got this... I mean, uh, the collection of ceramics that you use are, I would say, 70s kitsch. Yes. In a way. Yeah. Is there a... You've well, I grew up... very deliberately... I, I, I think um, that's my aesthetic. I grew up in the in the seventies. Um, I was so you were a crock pot kid. Yeah, we had a lot of that. My mum just we we'd go everywhere around Australia, and where it was just amazing how she could always find pottery and ceramics everywhere. So the house, like every surface, had something. I didn't particularly like all of it, but I did get to go through a lot of studios and see a lot of work. So I think that's originally where it all came that's from. Where it's come from. And the colour palette as well. Like I need, I want that colour palette. To go with the Angora. And the yep. and, yeah. And yeah, I heard you commenting earlier as well on access to things like these walls because they're not easy to access these. No, days. I use I do use vintage Angora um, just purely because of the colour palette. Right. So if it comes from the 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s, um, the colours were a lot brighter. Um, I like to call it, I was having a joke with my friend this morning saying that I'm really into 50 shades of pink. <laughs> That's probably what I have at home, all different variations. And these days you can't get that sort of the colours that I want in a commercial setting, yes. like in a wool shop. And it's quite hard to find authentic Angora. Uh, yep, you just have to sit on eBay and scour eBay for months at a time and wait for someone to be selling it. So collector's items and on various levels. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the transgender commentary, like, you know, the fact that we're, you're celebrating this sort of idea of gender fluidity, um, which is a very um, pertinent subject at the moment in the political mm. spheres. I mean, everyone's, the, uh, our mainstream media has adopted a conversation about it. We've, we've had politicians ranting, you know, ranting about safe sex, uh, safe schools programs. Um, this kind of links into your work, Deb, with Lance, I think. Yeah, Lance, um, Lance is kind of a bit of a gender blur for me. Um, there, there's me, the, 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 the female, the lesbian, um, who's quite at home in her own body, yet she sort of goes to this place where she adorns herself in, in this rather sort of like outrageous gay male character with a big bushy moustache and lots of sequins. Um, to, 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 and, and that's used as, a, as the medium of communication, I suppose. So I guess in a way I too put tits on dicks, mm. if you will. Yeah. <laughs> or, or dicks on tits. Well, left or right, up or down. Yeah. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. Tomato, tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I too scour eBay for things like penises, yeah. actually. Right. <laughs> yeah. Could you probably make one. Yeah. A packer, which would be great yeah. for winter. Yeah. Uh, not so much during the summer, there's an extra washing. But um, <laughs> pink is pink, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, how did you create Lance? I mean, did, how did Lance come into being? Oh, gosh. Look, I, I actually have a background in performance. Um, I sang in bands, particularly around Ballarat, so I'm, I'm actually. I know people in Ballarat for about 35 years on, on various levels and, and, and backgrounds and arts and stuff. I used to actually nude model out at the, art, at the, arts, um, the arts building out at uh, what was then Ballarat University. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, performance level, I, had a, I actually had a car accident which 
uh, affected my neck somewhat. And I don't know, they've called it a familial tremor. So I sort of get that Catherine Hepburn head shake thing. Mm -hmm. And as a performer, I became very self-conscious of that for a really long time um, and, and took, took, took a diversion away from performance um, to, I guess, come to, to some understanding around that. Then about 20 years ago, I moved to Darwin and this kind of came into being. He was heterosexual at that time and he was singing, um, he was doing covers of disco classics on acoustic guitar <laughs> and, um, yeah, played things like the, the, the Darwin Fringe Festival and, and, yeah, just got a hand in there. So were you aware of what you were creating as he was coming to life? No, look, quite seriously, I was playing dress-ups. <laughs> I was seriously playing dress-ups. It was just like, it's that theatrical background that comes into play yeah. and you just throw it on, you just go, right, Lance's backstory, you know, he's got a mother who, you know, wears incontinence pants and <laughs> lives in the suburbs and he doesn't talk about it too much because he's fabulous and he's a hairdresser and does all this stuff. Um, uh, he has a friend called Richard who's a florist and, you know, all, all those sort of like uh, the, the cliche gay man and he, it's actually his birthday today oh. uh, and he's 66 today so oh, wow. yeah so he's at home getting himself pretty for that um so through that I then moved back to Melbourne and I went to a night in Melbourne called King Vic which was the drag king uh, movement at the time here in Melbourne uh, and that was a night at the Opium Den on Punt Road in Collingwood there. And I went with a friend, and as we left that night, my friend turned to me and he said, Lance should be gay. And I was like, oh, my God, of course he should be. <laughs> and then with that came a real gear change. It was like, of course he should be. And that flamboyant side of me, which is kind of always there anyway, because mm. I often get sort of like, oh, that's something Lance would say. It's like, mm. well, no, it's actually something I would say. But sometimes Lance says the same thing. It's really <laughs> curious that way. Um, so, yeah, so I guess Lance in this incarnation has probably been maybe about 12 years. Mm. Um, and it, it's been a funny little journey. Like, he's, he's, he was, oh, the year before last... He was the, um, uh, not the mascot for Chill Out Festival, but he was the, the official... Um, like the pin-up girls. The pin-up, yeah, yeah, he was the pin-up Head boy. of the float. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So he got to do that in 2016. That was kind of... Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So, and while I was there, I was trying to, trying to do a, a monthly night in Dalesford to, you know, a bit of a yeah. drag show and stuff. Um, there's very limited options for performance if, in Drag King performance anyway. Mm. Um, so I felt the need to create my own platform which came through as let's utilise Facebook Live and, and have a show called Lands TV that we do every Saturday night from 8.30. Um, and you're back on air tonight. And we're back on air tonight. So season return. So this is the, which season are you watching now? Uh, this is season two. Technically, this is season Don't. two. So we started in the middle of July last year. Yeah. Um, and we went into it. Again, it was that sense of let's... let's. It was more about the medium when we first went into it. Um, what can we do with the medium? Yeah. We've got multi-camera. We can vision switch. We can play video, provide stills. We can talk over the top of things. We can Skype people. We can Skype live to Facebook Live. We can do all of this stuff. Um, 
But then as I started to roll into it, I realised how many women were actually quite involved in what we were doing. Well, that's what I find quite interesting as well, though. The pair of you are some, almost both self-taught in a way. Like, you know, that your craft, you were saying to me earlier before we were talking about the, the technology of, okay, I'm just going to teach myself, so I'm going to YouTube what the, my, my lessons are on how to use all my software, my materials and technology. Whereas you're sort of creating a whole new art form, of <laughs> a new yeah. form of crochet, obviously, obviously leaping off from what the education you're getting from somebody who's teaching you how to knit an enormous giant mm. cock. But then you're going from there to actually, you know... Taking the basics, yeah. Just taking and the basics and, 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 and warping yep. it slightly. Is that, do you think, with both being female artists, is that a trait of female artists, or male artists more likely, to, more or less likely to, to use that type of play and... And twisting? I don't, you know, I've never thought of myself as a female artist. Oh. Obviously, no, I am. Yeah. It's a given. Yeah. Um, but because I know there are men as well, uh, there's a couple of artists overseas, crochet artists who play with the penis as well. Mm. Um, and it's to me, it's not a, it's almost, it's not a gender thing. It's a, I see them as another the fellow gender crochet. Is yeah. In, in as much as you're making it Although a lot Although um, a lot of my audience don't want me to be invisible. A lot of my audience for the art actually are fascinated by the fact that I'm just a, a female working with such a male, um, especially with penises, working with such a um, strong male image. Do you think there is an assumption that you're actually male? Uh, a lot, yeah. The first assumption is that, yep. Yeah. Uh, even, even though it's crochet and knitting, a lot of people just assume that I'm a guy, I'm a bloke doing that first wow. and foremost. Why do you think that is? Uh, probably because they see that as being masculine. Oh. Just because it's a, it's a traditional masculine image. It's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's how I see it. Mm. Um, I've been described sometimes as a gay man trapped in a, <laughs> a woman's body. We just high-fived each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I kind of like that and just the way, especially when I first started off, I'd really push it with a... Um, I was doing a lot of buttholes. I say buttholes. It sounds like a South Park thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of anal refer references. Like yeah, your stingray work, which is just quite Yeah. Um, and automatically people would be like, oh, you must be a gay man doing that. Mm. It's like, no, you don't have to be well, a gay man. With a scatological fascination, you must be. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It, does gender really matter? It, it seems, to, be, it seems mm. to matter an enormous amount for both of you, but, and yet not at all. Like it's something you're discussing and yet it's like you want to retain that fluidity. Yeah, I, th I, yeah. Think, I think for me as a performing artist, um, particularly as a mature aged woman, like I'm, I'm, strangely enough, I share a birthday with Lance today, so I'm actually 56 today, and I, I'm aware that I live in a society that says men can be as grey as they like to be, with the belly that hangs over their belt as much as it does, and they're still great. Mm. But every single woman must look as close to 17 as humanly possible. <laughs> so as Lance, I get to sort of transcend that age barrier that women have. I don't know if yeah. you've experienced that, but it really is. It's, it's, and it's not, even, it's not even a glass ceiling. It just is how society works. And women have to be young forever. Through Lance TV, I've contacted a, a great deal of a female, my immediate female friends, and also Lance has gone through his female friends. And we, Lance and I, often get back from females, 
what do I have to offer? Why, why would you even want to interview me? Oh, I don't know, because you're the CEO of your own company that you've established yourself and built up and, and, it's, and it, you, you're an effective human being. I think that's pretty... Oh, but, but no, there is no but to that. So as you're progressing more with your Lance TV and using, and using Lance as, as your artwork, do you, are you finding you're becoming more political? You know, the character of Lance himself, he's quite an innocent in the world. Yes. The thing that bugs him the most is Lyle Shelton, <laughs> right? That's the thing that bugs him but the most. that's a very political position to be taking. Oh, and he's not big on Zionism either, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, but largely there's an innocence with Lance. But so are you not using that innocence to make a political statement? I'm using the canvas. So I, th yeah. I think... I actually don't think what I do is political, but, but I, think, I think my existence and the way I think is very political. Mm. And I think therein lay the difference. I think if I went into doing Lance TV as what appears to be seemingly light-hearted entertainment, yeah. um, if I turned that up, people would just go, oh, no, we're not going there. Because it's not my voice. I think, I think it's a platform for other people to exercise their voices. Mm -hmm. um, but, again, it's... I am connecting with a lot of women. I, I noticed that for Lands TV, our biggest viewing group are women between 35 to 55. So there are women out there who are actually tapping into what's happening... I don't know, I'm not them and I've not asked them why are you doing this, yeah. but I can assume given the age group that, that there is a point in time where women just stop going out, you know, women stop mm -hmm. engaging with nightclubbing and, and doing all that stuff and they might become a bit more, um, oh, let's go and do lunches and dinners and stuff, so, so that group probably may reduce, I don't know, I'm speculating, um, but I also think too that the... the, the the way that we're brought up in comparison to males is uh, women are brought up to be separated from the rest of society, mm. that we are brought up to stay at home and learn how to vacuum floors and wash dishes and do all that homekeeping stuff, and men are actually promoted to go out and be part of a bigger group. They're promoted to go and play football and hockey and, and all of that stuff and go out and hang with the boys and go camping and stuff, and we as women sit at home and mind the children and even the children come and go. So I think that's where the difference is because I think at the end of the day there is no difference. There's no difference between men and women except yeah. this conditioning, this, this illusion mm -hmm. of this construct that, that do happens. You, do you think that things are changing? Um, oh, I think it goes in waves. Yeah, your comments on transgender yep. identity and the fact that, you know, we now... We lessen, we supposedly now are seeing ourselves less as the male and female traditional um, yeah. as, as I mean, yeah, through. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely that has changed. It's turned up, turned upside down on its head, which is very yeah. a good thing. Um, especially with gay marriage, now it's legal, um, which is a long time coming, very slow in coming, yeah. in a terrible way that it came about as well. Um, yeah, there's oh, I mean, in the, I guess in the circles that, I, the people I hang out with in the art world and the restaurant world as well, there's a lot of change, I guess, because everyone's aware of what's going on. You can do whatever you want now, but I'm mm. really not sure how quickly change is happening 
dare I say, yeah. out in the, you know, well, down the street, out in the burbs. If, if I can just chime in too, I actually think that there's a revolution at work, particularly with, with transgender communities, because mm. for such a long time, nobody was really brave enough to step forward. Mm. Um, because the, the straight people look at transgender and just go, oh, no, 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 baby. But there's a lot of gay people out there who look at transgender and just go, oh, no, 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 baby. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's what's beginning to change. Mm. Yeah. And there are some great advocates, with, both within the transgender community and, and on the peripheral of that as well. Yeah. And there's some beautiful stuff starting to happen. But it's early days. It is early days. But, um, I mean, I guess I'm saying it goes in waves because it, it all depends on how the media reports on all of that as well, like, and suddenly, if the media is reporting, then everyone mm. to Ballarat, to Sydney, to mm. around the world is seeing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a tough so, one. Yeah. It's like the, the complexities of, if you introduce the idea of gender fluidity into conversations, you know, automatically when we're having people walk into the gallery, they're not, their world is, is slightly upended. So you know the, tr mm. the traditional ideas of man and female, it's um, it's disconcerting. You can sort of see that centre of gravity is thrown off just a little, enough yeah. for them to find it humorous in the first five minutes. But after ten minutes, it's more confronting as they work as they work their way around yeah. to realise that this is not just a, a fun bit of art that they will be able to walk out of here and the world is right again. It actually mm. isn't right. But isn't that the job of good that's, art? It absolutely it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and what I'm saying is that I suppose I'm asking you about your roles in that. Do you see yourselves as consciously trying to unsettle the world? I think in Deb's case, the answer is possibly yes. Uh, only when I'm me and with my mum. She gets really unsettled. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but most other people are okay. <laughs> so, I mean, how important is shock in your work? Um, I'd never set out to shock. It happens and I love it. And if I wasn't now, I am so used to it and it's normal, it's part of my psyche. If it wasn't shocking people, then there's, yeah. It's, 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 it is an important element, yeah. I think, in the work. Um, but then I've always seen it, like, especially at the moment, I, I do see it as a celebration yeah. as well. So um, you're, 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 you're... I'm shocked you're, still. I, I do get shocked when people can't look at it. Right. Um, it does happen still. It's usually an older generation. Um, they're going to be Christian. It's not stereotyping them. They are usually going to be Christians. And I've seen people come into galleries and they... they quickly avert their eyes to the ground and they don't look at a single thing and they'll run out. And I'm just like, really? Just for the record, Deb's really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's my shock. I'm just that's like, oh, still. You're shocked at this Still, shock. yeah. Mm. yeah. Right, so it's become quite everyday for you and, you know, the, the idea of... Well, I, get, I guess it is, yeah. Yes. I guess it is really your, everyday. It's your work. Yeah, it's like, it's like having a, another arm or another leg. It's or just if another I testicle. Or a couple, <laughs> a couple of testicles, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, have you developed your, a political statement through your work as it's gone on, or is it just something you continue to do? I look, for if, fun if and um, I think other people can politicise it, yep. try to politicise it. But, Are you comfortable um, with that? Oh yeah, because it's just another form of debate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting for me to see how people. It's another reaction to the work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there any, are you capturing reactions to the work 
Or is it just simply just your memory, just you just chalking it up to memory? I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I've never, yeah. Someone always said we should have the secret cameras in there and just film people's reactions. I, I've looked at yeah. your work here today and I must say not one of those pieces of genitalia has herpes. And that could be a whole new road oh, yes. that you could just go along. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what sort of gonorrhea yeah. and stuff looks like, but you could do variations on a theme. I could. It would have to be a whole show, yeah. I mean, this is I, a couple of years ago I thought, I think I'm done now with the penises. I think I've done it all. And then suddenly I was like, no, my God, I could just keep going forever <laughs> for reasons like that. Texture, texture. Yeah. <laughs> politics, yeah. politics and Lance were saying that he doesn't, he's an innocent in the world. I mean, you've... You've got some history or some, I suppose we do have a tradition in this country of, um, we've got Dame Edna Overidge, we've got, you know, but there tend to be men dressing up as women. Um, we don't have, the, as you say, the drag king. Um, do you, is, are there any other um, role models that you have within the drag king world who do similar things, both here or overseas? Um, look, my, my knowledge of drag kings on a global level is very limited. Um, I know that there's a couple of major drag kings in the US. One's called Spiky Van Dyke, and and the other one is called Landon Cider. Amazing, amazing! Like the pair of them bring something else to gender illusion. Yeah. Like they really do. Um, both can be found on, on YouTube. Uh, on a more local level, um, there is a legend of Australian drag that we're interviewing actually tonight on Lands TV called Rocco de Moray. Uh, Rocco is probably one of the original drag kings of Australia. Um, mm. He's worked with George Michael. He's, he's done, he was actually um, on Australia's top model, the, the top model show, working with the models. Right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, really interesting human being. Um, and the other one, again, who is, who is probably a legend of Australian drag king is Lexi Lee, uh, goes by the name of Sexy Galaxy, and it was Sexy Galaxy who brought sort of that whole glamour, um, that thing away from uh, presenting men as misogynistic, awful people who, who were just sort of like, you know, doing this backhanded thing and slapping their women around. Yeah. So Sexy Galaxy brought glamour to, to drag kinging. So... Mm. Yeah, so I, I would say those four off the top of my head. Yeah. There's also another artist in New Zealand called Genevieve Fowler and she goes by the name of Hugo Girl. <laughs> yeah, and, but really clever, really, really great presentation of stuff. Yeah. So they're the people who spring to mind. You know, I think at the end of the day, it's that the focus... The, I think the primary focus for anybody who does the, the gender illusion thing is about the performance. It, it's about creating the character and having that character believed and, and, and considered to be a real human being unto themselves. Um, I think the politics under that is probably a little bit more subversive because we've had drag queens who, again, you know, in, and not to take away from any of the, 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 the work that goes into that, but it's still part of the patriarchy. So being a drag king is still a struggle. It's still deemed to be a new art form, although it's probably been around as long as mm. men dressing as women have been. Yeah. But I think because of the stratification between males and females, these things still continue. And there's not... Although the understanding's there of what it takes to, to perform, 
there's not the meshing's not there, uh, and so I can only put it down to that whole matriarchal thing. It's that we look at RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's kind of like every queen in the First Nation, First Nation worlds around the world, are RuPaul and, and all of that crew, mm. even if they're not. Mm. So there's there's no there's no main voice for drag kings. So was in in a sense there, there's a glass ceiling to it, I guess, if you will. Um, there are some kings and queens who work together, but you'll quite often find it's very separated. Very you do in your yeah. work, too, don't you? I beg your pardon? Do you work with drag queens in your work as well? Uh, I actually have... Uh, Lance has an off-sider called Gabriella Labucci, mm-hmm. um, and Gabriella is Ballarat-based, mm-hmm. and Lance loves Gab to tears. Gab, Gab's only about... 26, 27, but she's not like the other girl. She hasn't got that edge, you know. She, yeah. she, there's no politics. It's like I just want to dress up. I want to do this performance. It's great, and she is on fire, you know, as a young person. Do you find that sometimes that the, the politics within the groups can sometimes detract from the messages that you're trying to portray out there? Because I mean, I'm looking as a a white, middle-aged, cis-identified, cis I'm in the right body, I don't need to perform outside my gender identity, I'm quite comfortable with my own skin. I can look at these subgroups and think, wow, they, they, there seem to be a lot of their own uh, political issues between them as well. I can, they're, not, they're not all... They don't tend to be working together. But isn't that, isn't that just the nature of being human? Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, so I, I think... We could try and, and close that in sequence and makeup, but I, I think that question is probably a really broad question between you, me, the people in the building next door. I think yeah, I think that's yeah. just a really common a common feature of being human. Right. We can only ever learn from each other, that, yeah. and that's the thing. I think I think with with the, and I keep using the word stratification because that's what keeps happening. It's, it doesn't matter where my mum used to say. It doesn't matter whether you're black, white, or Californian. Um, <laughs> but it's true whether you're male or female, or black and white, or, or yellow, or brindle, or whatever it is, that we're taught that there is a gap between each of us. Mm-hmm. There is there are gaps, and because of those gaps, we need to fight with each other because you're different to me. Yeah. You're different to me, and I need to fear you. And, and all that is is is, is as long as we keep fighting with each other, that the powers that be are just going to keep doing what they're doing. I mean, we come through this whole thing about, oh, you know, can gay people get married and let's have a plebiscite and let's do all this stuff. Oh, by the way, we're going to start manufacturing war arms. We didn't talk to you about that bit. Yeah, sorry, we... Yeah. So we're, we're all at, at, at each yeah. other's throat going, yes, no, we've got Lyle shouting, going, oh, you know, whatever. All of these people very passionate about this, this, this thing because somebody wanted to be equal to somebody else. Mm. I don't see a big deal in that. Me personally, I'm not into marriage. Mm. That thing doesn't work for me, mm. but it works for other people and the, and the right to choose is it. Mm. Yeah. But the stratification is in place so the... The, the wheels, the, 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 the churning of the economy can continue. Mm. And that, that's just how I see so it. So the politics of distraction? Absolutely. Mm. It's as simple as that. Things can be great, but sometimes it can be greater. Yeah. Or we think. Yeah. You know, um, 
on the news today, like um, Malcolm Turnbull was talking about this, the future of the Liberal Party and how wonderful Australia is going to be if we keep the Liberal Party in. But not once did he talk about the well-being of the people of Australia. But in fact, he was talking about growth and jobs and what else we can sell. We're being extract Australia is being extracted. I worked for a period of time in the Northern Territory working with countrymen in remote areas. And they're being pushed and pulled and shoved around because from my understanding, 40% of the world's uranium is in the Northern Territory. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to talk about that, but let's just keep talking about people of colour as being derelict and not being able to look after their children and their drunks and all of this, because we'll, we'll keep the focus on that because then people won't ask questions why we keep yeah. pulling and pushing them around because yeah. we've trained white Australia not to respect. Mm. It makes our job easier. Yeah. So, well put, Deb. Yes, you really have summed up everything that we wanted to try and, <laughs> and that, this podcast. And that's what makes me political and, and what I'm doing probably not so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, yeah. There, there's an undertow there, yeah. but it's not the main feature. Um, but I suppose, it's, yes, it's certainly not the main feature, but is your art subtly fed by that messaging? Because you can't separate. You couldn't possibly separate I, out yourself from your art or your political passions from your art? Does it, your art allow you to articulate political messages and as you say, in a digestible fashion? So as, as the Lands TV thing starts to unfold more of the unpacking, because we've only been doing it since uh, July last year, so it's still in really early, early stages. But the further it goes, then the more it unpacks, the more I sort of go, oh, hang on a minute. Like, you do have a platform. Yeah, and it's, and it's a global a, platform yeah, yeah. from Ballarat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of all places, you know, it's not New York, it's not London, it's not, sorry, Sydney. That's it's it. not, you know, yeah. it's this tiny little town of 120,000 people going, I live from Ballarat. <laughs> and I think even that unto itself is probably a bit of a, yeah. a, a thumbs up to, to things that are so city-centric in our world. If you don't live in a major city, you're nothing. As yep. you're saying, though, you now have a platform and you are unpacking things, and so we, you might well see some more of this, your political passions. It's an adventure. Articulated further down the track in different forms. How about for you, Kirsten? Are you sort of, the, is there a political bone in the back there somewhere that's vibrating and pushing out messages through your art form? I've, I've never, I've never sort of joined it with art. It's like I said before, people try to yeah. do that. And I'm happy to listen to their ideas on that. But um, uh, no, I've never really associated with it. But that's, I guess I'm so far inside it, yes. inside the crochet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes I, I guess I do need to step out and look out. Yeah. Start listening to people and see what they actually think and how they want to use it. Because the freedom for you as a female artist in this generation to be able to not only knit a great cock, but actually put it up in a gallery is, you know, a couple of generations ago, even, and my mother's generation or your mother's generation, wouldn't be possible. Mm. But today, because of political situations and circumstances, you are here now. And I think it, it is feeding, it does feed a political conversation, yep. lowercase p again, yeah. potentially around gender and identity with everyone who walks into this gallery. We certainly noticed it. Yeah. So we actually do have people coming in here, yes, and drawing their own conclusions but also drawing conclusions about you and your motivations and 
which you do this. So, and seeking to unpack, and then as you say, there may, there may or may not be anything there to unpack, um, which is really interesting. So, I mean, thank you so much. It's almost mechanical for me. Like a lot of the time, it is quite mechanical. Yeah. Um, I almost don't see the, those body parts as being sexual. Mm. Or, yeah. and, um, but then, you know, the viewer, some people will be like, oh, you totally over-sexualise it, don't like it. Yeah. It's too much, it's too much. But. It's totally not for me, not too much. I'm, I'm going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it kind of reminds me, um, I don't know if you've been to Mona, and seen the beautiful porcelain vaginas on the wall yep. in, mm. in repetition, and they're all completely different. And what Deb was saying before about how about a bit of um, perfumes in the whatever. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting exhibition that one I think most women wander along it going oh that's me yeah <laughs> for the first time ever I can I actually was um, having not seen so many vaginas yeah having not actually in the flesh seen so many vaginas in my life yeah. I was just yeah walking by just going does it really look no does yeah. it really look like that yeah okay you heard it here first there's a labia <laughs> library on Go the web and you can Be careful not to Google that. Like a lot of things are going to come up as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know it. He's like, no. Individual but universal at the same time. The labia library. I just like the concept that um, it's Mona that yes. has an exhibition of vaginas. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.